This is CGTN, China Global Television Network. Hello and welcome to Dialogue. Brazilian President Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva has kicked off his four-day state visit to China. The highly expected trip is believed to boost bilateral cooperation in a wide range of areas, including economy and trade, as well as emerging technologies. What do closer China-Brazil bilateral ties mean for each of the two emerging economies? And how can the partnership bring more benefits and opportunities to the wider developing world? To help us answer these questions, I'm joined today by Rodrigo Zaidan, Professor of Practice of Economics and Finance at NYU Shanghai, Professor Zhou Gong from the University of International Business and Economics, and Josai Ricardo Jr., Co-Chairman and CEO of Liege China. That's our topic. I'm Xu Qinduo. Well, welcome to the discussion. Uh, Ricardo, I will start with you. Uh, so President Lula has arrived in Shanghai with a large delegation of uh, you know, diplomats, politicians, senators, and Congress people, uh, and of course, business people too, on Wednesday. So tell us, what's on the agenda of his trip to China? Hi, uh, Qingdua. Thanks for having me. Uh, we are very excited with this visit of President Lula to China, especially because uh, we are now uh, expecting not only to improve the traditional uh, trade between Brazil and China in terms of import and export, but also we are uh, emphasizing the importance that we have in this bilateral strategic partnership in terms of sustainability and technology. In other words, I would say that uh, Brazil is eager to receive technology from China in terms of the electric vehicles and also in terms uh, of the intelligent manufacturing and the sustainable agriculture. So Brazil and China, uh, they have a very bright future in terms uh, of what we, we, we consider that it's an important role for Brazil, also in terms of uh, sustainable reindustrialization of our country. It's a win-win partnership. We have to uh, emphasize that Brazil and China are almost uh, completing 49 years in August uh, 2023 of this successful bilateral relationship. And now we are uh, improving our relationship into a new area. So again, we do have this improvement of the business relationship between uh, Brazil and China in terms of import and export, but we are also uh, now uh, developing these uh, strategic areas such as sustainability and innovation. So uh, I would say that not only uh, Brazilian government, but also the Brazilian entrepreneurs, they are excited to talk to China with the government officials and Chinese entrepreneurs of an improvement in the exchange 
and uh, we are very happy and, uh, a, a, and we are expecting that Lula and its delegation and his delegation can sign several agreements in order uh, to get closer to China and improve this relationship. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, uh, Rodrigo in Shanghai, uh, so, you know, we know there's, uh, of course, almost three years of this uh, pandemic disruption. And, of course, there's, uh, uh, you know, a different term, a term from, you know, President uh, Bonsairo, who does politics differently. So what do you think this, uh, this recent trip, uh, you know, might reshape the relationship with China? For sure. Um... What we have to understand is that the previous administration in Brazil had a very um, histrionic um, view of other countries, including China. Um, and because of the pandemic as well, uh, Brazil and China grew apart a little bit. But we have to remember that um, President Lula, his first two terms in the early 2000s, uh, they were very successful. And part of that is because of the commodity super cycle um, due to the growth of the Chinese economy. Brazil and China, in 2001, um, the, the term BRICS came to four. Um, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. And since then, these two, these, all these countries, they actually institutionalize um, a really big relationship between them. We have the New Development Bank. We have other initiatives. We have many partnerships, universities, uh, study um, abroad students, um, I, I, yesterday I learned about um, um, exchange of uh, even teachers. Exchange of teachers, people to people, uh, obviously that's also an important part of this uh, bilateral relationship. But John, uh, if you look at the trade relationship between the two large developing nations, you know, uh, last year, for example, China imported um, uh, some 90 billion uh, Brazilian products, uh, especially, of course, soybeans and ores, and uh, exported uh, more than 60 billion uh, to Brazil. So the traded volume or the total volume of 150 billion, uh, that represents 21 times growth since Lula's first visit to China in 2004. Can we say, you know, of course, the past is glorious in terms of growth. Can we say the potential for uh, next few years or for the future is also massive? Yeah, what's fundamental about the trade relationship between the two countries is that they're very complementary. You know, Brazil is a resource-rich exporting country, you know, just like, say, Saudi Arabia, Canada, Australia. It exports a lot of uh, raw materials as well as agricultural products. Now, by the way, um, the uh, Chinese ex imports of uh, soybean from Brazil started out as a result of uh, uh, Donald Trump's uh, imposing uh, uh, trade wars on us. And I think this type of uh, substitution will probably stay there, you know, forever. Uh, so, you know, this is what the Americans are asking for, and, and that's what they get for. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, you know, Chinese exports to Brazil has also grown tremendously over the years. Chinese manufactured products, uh, uh, you know, your program mentioned electric cars, for example. Uh, these are the things that, uh, you know, Chinese companies have a really good uh, competitive advantage. Now, uh, in addition to uh, business and economic relationships, I also want to emphasize the, 
the political alignment between the two countries. China and Brazil um, are the two well, are two of the most important um, major powers in the uh, what's called the global South. Both are bra- uh, BRIC members. Uh, uh, both countries, um, uh, uh, you know, extremely important uh, in their role in uh, in the developing world. Um, and I think both countries also hold the same position with respect to this war going on uh, in Ukraine. Both take neutrality positions. Um, as a matter of fact, I think it's what's interesting, probably hasn't been reported a lot in the press, is uh, is that uh, President Lula even mentioned that uh, he wants to talk to President Xi about collectively, together with a couple of other developing countries, acting as a mediating partners uh, to, to try to promote peace in the Ukraine war. And I think this is actually a very important message. Um, if you look at you know, how many, uh, what other countries out there that are indeed in a neutrality position that are entitled to, uh, to, to, to playing a objective role uh, and, and can be acceptable to both parties. Not many countries out there. Uh, and I think Brazil, China, and I think he mentioned uh, Indonesia as well, a couple of other you know, emerging market economies, um, they collectively uh, speak out um, on behalf of their camp, our camp indeed, uh, to try to promote peace in uh, Ukraine is something very significant, uh, you know, in terms of uh, uh, international politics uh, in the world stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Ricardo, of course, we know uh, President Lula uh, has made history by being the president, uh, president elected to three terms and also being the candidate to unseat uh, incumbent president. Uh, when uh, he was, uh, uh, of course, elected as Brazil's president again last October, he said in his uh, victory speech, today we say to the world that Brazil is back, end quote, you know. Uh, the question is like, uh, Brazil is back from where and what his uh, domestic agenda? Well, actually, uh, President Lula is uh, now reconnecting Brazil uh, with the world, reestablishing uh, the diplomatic ties, and also uh, promoting business uh, with other, uh, with our, uh, uh, with our friend countries. So, in other, in other words, I would highlight that this uh, special visit to China uh, is is one uh, of the strategic goals of Brazil. And uh, we want to show, as uh, China shown to Brazil before uh, with the visit of uh, uh, the, the Vice President Wang Jishan, when he came to Brazil, uh, when, when Lula was elected in his third mandate, now uh, Lula is paying a visit to China in order to reestablish and reinforce uh, the importance of the ties, uh, the bilateral ties between uh, Brazil and China. We have to highlight that we do have a special commission uh, in, in the political in the political area, which uh, is uh, subdivided in twelve uh, in twelve groups in in terms of uh, economy, in terms of education, in terms of aerospace, in terms of culture, in several uh, other important subjects, which in uh, in a way somehow. Uh, Brazil and China discuss what are the challenges and what are the opportunities uh, to be connected. So uh, it's it's a very uh, important uh, visit. Uh, Brazilians are paying uh, close attention to this visit uh, of President Lula uh, to China because we do expect that we are going to have 
uh, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, different uh, different uh, projects uh, to be developed here, especially in terms of uh, technology mm -hmm. and in terms of uh, sustainability. Uh, we have to remind uh, that uh, Brazil was considered by China in, uh, we established our ties, uh, our diplomatic ties in 74, but uh, in 93, uh, China considered Brazil a strategic partner, and in 2012, China considered Brazil a global strategic partner. So now it's time for us uh, to step forward and discuss, for example, the importance of Brazil uh, to analyze uh, the, 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 political, uh, the, the, the political subject in terms of uh, the BRI, the Belt and Road Initiative. This is something that we are uh, paying attention very closely because definitely the Belt and Road Initiative can be uh, a way of us uh, to get closer and to receive uh, more in, uh, foreign direct investments from China into Brazil. Mm -hmm. uh, well, of course, the cooperation both sides. You have the you see the desire and which has been very productive and there is a lot of potential, uh, uh, including the cooperation in the technology sector. Uh, Rodrigo, you are in Shanghai and uh, President Lula arrived. Uh, the you know his first. Uh, you know, uh, destination is in Shanghai. He visited uh, the uh, innovation center of Huawei technology, and uh, uh, there's a you know U.S. media report with a headline like uh, "A stop in Huawei that may irk the U.S." Why the U.S. would be concerned with a visit by President Lula to Huawei? Well, uh, Brazil is gonna. Uh, we have 5G and 6G technologies in the future. And um, Brazil is going to open uh, to uh, China and is going to open to Huawei to bid on uh, telecommunication services in Brazil. In a, in a way, is as simple as that. Is the fact that Brazil wants investment from China. And unlike the U.S., Brazil has absolutely no problem with Huawei investing in Brazil. This, this geopolitical fears, Brazil is not... Um, Brazil is, a new, as, as you mentioned before, Brazil is a neutral a country in many aspects, including geopolitics. Uh, Brazil is not aligned with the U.S. in many areas, and, and certainly not in this decoupling with China. Um, so Brazil has actually a trade surplus with China. Brazil, China is one of the most important uh, uh, strategic partners of Brazil. So visiting companies such as Huawei that can invest in the country is only natural. It's something that wouldn't make the news uh, 10 years ago or five years ago or two years ago and is only making the news because the Americans are targeting Huawei and other uh, Chinese companies. Mm -hmm. uh, well, uh, you know, I mentioned that the U.S., of course, you know, it's not only about China, Brazil, but also, uh, uh, I mean, the world is watching uh, the visit, uh, which is important, of course. And uh, before the visit, actually, there's an agreement between China and, the Bra and the Brazil uh, John, that is uh, to use their own currencies uh, to yes. settle trade. Uh, so basically by avoiding the use of dollar, of course, that will facilitate trade between the two countries. And uh, in his visit to the new development bank, which, uh, uh, which was headquarters in Shanghai, uh, President Lula talked about the BRICS countries, you know, which, uh, you know, the large developing nations, Brazil, China, Russia, India, and South uh, Africa, 
they can do something probably um, to increase the use of their own currencies, if not a common currency, instead of dollar. What do you make of these efforts? So this is not as important as it seemed at first. Well, um, this is something that is in, okay, is a Ricardo, first step. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, is, yeah, go ahead, Ricardo. You can. Yeah. Uh, is is the first step in a long line of um, of insurance against the U.S. dollar as the main currency of the of the of trade in the world. And the idea here, but we have to understand that in the beginning, this is going to be very small because neither the Brazilian real or the Chinese yuan are fully convertible currencies. As you mentioned correctly, this is something that is going to facilitate trade, but it's not going to facilitate trade to the extent that we're going to have Chinese banks that want to hold the Brazilian currency because there's not many reasons for that or vice versa in the beginning. Um, this a little bit is a way to buy insurance against, for instance, potential sanctions, sanctions from the U.S., economic sanctions, even though I don't think that there is a huge possibility, not against Brazil and not against most of China. The U.S. and China have huge relationships as well. Uh, but it still is something that is a first is is a beginning of the internationalization of the yuan. The yuan is now part of the IMF basket of currencies. But again, the yuan is still a non-convertible currency. This is going to be more important in the future. So it's it's a first step. It's a first step in strengthening the ties, but it's not, as as the Brazilian president indicates, it's not something that is going to make uh, trade between the BRICS countries all happen in their local currencies because it doesn't work like that. Mm -hmm. it's, it's going to take some time. It's going to take years or maybe decades. Okay. But again... Not a problem. Yeah. Uh, John uh, Gom, you know, this is the first step in the long process, I guess. Uh, but still, um, the, you, if you look at the response from some of the U.S. politicians, they are very sensitive to this. For example, Mark Rubio, the senator, said in the short video that, uh, you know, in five years' time, uh, the U.S. will not be able to impose sanctions on countries probably like China and Brazil. Should we be afraid of the lack of sanctions from Washington? <laughs> well, I, I would give credit to uh, Senator Marco Rubio. At least he's very honest, because when he thinks about uh, other countries trading with currencies other than the U.S. dollar, he was immediately thinking about the U.S. inability to impose, in, to impose sanctions. You know, that speaks volume about his thinking, about, you know, w w about his view of the world. Nevertheless, you know, he can do whatever, what he, whatever he wants, and he can think whatever he wants. But the, the fact of the matter is, uh, trade between Brazil and China doesn't have to necessarily go through a third party's currency. Um, and, and we have to, I, I have to uh, re refer to the history that Brazil in the past has uh, experienced several times of balance of payments problems. Um, and, and that's largely uh, attributed to, you know, its uh, uh, external debt in U.S. dollar. And every time U.S. dollar appreciates uh, as a result of uh, Fed's raising interest rates, as, as what's being done right now, uh, Brazil gets into a huge problem. So I think, you know, it, 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 it's, a, it's a good thing that, uh, you know, both countries are gradually, at least, you know, as a first step to uh, move towards a regime that the bilateral trade can be settled at least partially 
with a currency um, uh, other than U.S. dollar. Brazil doesn't have to be too much concerned about this because Brazil enjoys a fairly considerable trade surplus with China. Exports to China is $90 billion. Imports is only uh, $60 billion. So, you know, it's actually getting RMB uh, in return for its trade surplus. And given RMB's relatively stable history in the last decade, I think it's a fairly uh, safe uh, investment in holding U.S., uh, holding RMB. As, as a matter of fact, I also want to point out that Brazil is one of the few countries that has its foreign uh, exchange reserve has the highest potential being uh, holding uh, IMB in its uh, foreign exchange reserve. You know, that, that, that tells a lot about uh, its confidence in IMB. So I think, you know, this is something naturally uh, going to develop. And I, I would see that um, um, IMB's usage uh, will further increase in the future, particularly um, with respect to the trade as well as actually tourism from China. You know, I, I think it's, uh, you know, it's very natural for, for Chinese tourists, more and more Chinese tourists visiting um, Brazil and, and spending money with IMB. Uh, given the fact that there's already a, uh, they're going to establish a uh, clearinghouse, IMB clearinghouse in Brazil. So, uh, you know, that's, that's more convenient and, uh, you know, it makes, uh, you know, it's a good thing for both countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, Ricardo from the IIDE, you know, of course, we are talking about the facilitating trade, more trade between the two countries. Uh, uh, you know, uh, President Lula also talked about a possible free trade deal between China and Brazil, of course. Uh, with a large picture uh, in, in the thinking is uh, the southern, the common southern market. Uh, how likely is that in, in, in near future, for example? Well, uh, I think that John uh, well said that, for example, this uh, this possibility of using uh, the yuan uh, in the trade between Brazil and China is an alternative. Uh, we are not telling. We are. Uh, we, we are not. Uh, we are not expressing that uh, that the U.S. dollar will be replaced by yuan. But it's important to highlight that it's going to give speed for the trade between Brazil and China. So it's going to be uh, quicker the the, the 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 negotiation, the import and export, and also. In terms of costs, it's going to be better for the Brazilian and the Chinese uh, business uh, people to use uh, UN in this uh, in this trade. Uh, when when we when we talk about the past in in the early 2000, uh, we had not more than three billion US dollar between China and Brazil. And how now is the trade between Brazil and China? Uh, if you see, for example, 2018. We had almost 100 billion U.S. dollar between uh, import and export between Brazil and China. In 2019, almost reached again 100 billion U.S. dollar. In uh, 2020, we uh, during the the crisis, the the, the pandemic, uh, we reached 102 billion. In 2021, we reached 130. Now in 2022, last year, the trade between Brazil and China was of 150 billion U.S. dollars. So again, uh, the use uh, of RMB uh, would be very positive for for this relationship because we're going to have an alternative uh, to use RMB in the import and export. We're gonna uh, we're gonna have a, a better uh, a better alternative in terms of speed and in terms of costs. 
So uh, this, uh, this agreement that was established between Chinese Central Bank and Brazilian Central Bank definitely is a, a very positive step forward uh, of this uh, relationship. As President Xi Jinping already said that uh, we live in a global village and it's a time uh, to develop this uh, common share future. And common share future in this Pacific development can somehow be expressed by uh, the use of the RMB in spite uh, of, the, of the dollar, the American dollar, in the trade between Brazil and China. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, Rodrigo, in Shanghai, of course, we mentioned briefly about uh, the possibility of uh, you know, Brazil, China, and other developing countries working together to improve the peace pro- prospect in Ukraine. You know, what can we do? Uh, what can, for example, China and Brazil do, their leadership can do, uh, to uh, probably help stop or you know, achieve a ceasefire? I think China can do a lot. I don't think Brazil can do a lot. Um, I think Lula wants to be part of this process, but really this is a process that should be led by China. Um, China and Russia are much closer allies, economic allies, than Brazil and Russia or Brazil and China. Uh, they are, they share a border. Uh, uh, so I believe that China has a huge role to play in promoting peace in Ukraine. You are absolutely correct. Both Brazil and China are neutral, and that is very, very important. Lula can help, uh, but Lula cannot lead. Uh, it has to be, in my view, it has to be President Xi Jinping that uh, mediating the peace. Yes, he can certainly do that. Uh, China has the clout, has the importance, has the, the Chinese economy is 10 times the Brazilian economy. Um, it's a much bigger country, much more important country to Russia than Brazil. And Russia will listen to China much more than it's going to listen to Brazil. Mm-hmm. Well, Russia will probably listen more to China. But John, what about, uh, let's say, Europeans and Americans? Uh, will they be ready to accept uh, uh, you know, uh, like uh, new mediation efforts from developing countries like uh, Brazil, like China? Well, first, let me say uh, that I think it's a, it's a very interesting idea proposed by Lula that uh, a collection of a few countries, uh, major uh, powers in the developing world, to come out and, and try to mediate a peaceful solution. I think this is an immensely interesting idea. Uh, it's something probably uh, weighs more than an individual country trying to persuade uh, uh, President Putin uh, to change his mind. Um, but nevertheless, I think um, you know the question about whether the West, whether European Union and the United States would welcome an effort like this. Um, honestly, I think um, you know there's the, probably a difference between between Brussels and and, and Washington. I think at least from uh, the European perspective, it is uh, genuinely interested in seeking a uh, ceasefire uh, in Ukraine in Ukraine right now, um, and, and certainly China has the same view. But I'm not sure you know, Washington has the same view, actually. Uh, Washington at least has the record of killing at least one negotiation effort that was taking place in, in Turkey uh, last year. 
Um, and, and clearly, I think you know, UK and, 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 and United States uh, would be very interested in uh, pushing for a uh, long-term war in Ukraine. Um, but I think at least there's something in common between the European side, at least the European Union side, uh, and, and China. And certainly, I think uh, you know Brazil is, is is certainly on the same on the same camp. Uh, in the, this country's interest to see a ceasefire in Ukraine right now, as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ricardo, briefly, uh, what do you see the prospect uh, of uh, China, Brazil, and other for uh, big developing nations like Indonesia, probably South Africa? Playing a role uh, to help achieve a ceasefire, if not if not a peace deal, there. Well, definitely, we do have a bright future. Uh, what Xi Jinping is always uh, emphasizing is that we are uh, remodeling uh, the global governance. So, uh, Brazil, China, the BRICS countries, uh, the BRICS plus. Uh, we, we do have voice now. Uh, we, we have uh, a strong communication channel, and uh, we are showing to the world that throughout the Pacific development, uh, for sure, we can reach this uh, bright common share future uh, that is always uh, highlighted by President Xi Jinping. Mm-hmm. Well, with that, we come to the end of today's show. Many thanks to our guests. You can also find us on the CGTN app on YouTube. Thank you for being with us. I'm Chindo. See you next time.